Living alongside the fun dance routines and latest viral challenges, there's an intricate web of counterfeit trading taking place on TikTok. Welcome to RepTalk, TikTok's not-so-secret counterfeit community. RepTalk is a growing community of TikTokers abusing the platform to promote and sell counterfeit products. Um, they've been savvy enough to direct their audiences across multiple platforms, effectively dodging any type of enforcement efforts. But don't take my word for it. We'll be talking about this issue today, understanding the mechanisms of this underground trade and exploring potential solutions. Joining us today is an expert in the field who's been at the forefront of, of the, this counterfeit battle for a long time. Uh, it's a pleasure to welcome Mark, co-founder and CEO of Mark Vision. Firstly, Mark, could you give our audience an idea of how vast and influential RepTalk is? I'm talking about kind of user reach, hashtags, and links to external sales channels. Yeah, sure. Um, RepTalk is very influential um, and is growing in popularity like anything we've ever seen before. Um, first of all, uh, we all know that TikTok is a massively influential platform. It has over 100 million users and its content is being viewed over 10 billion times per month. And uh, RepTalk, uh, which is TikTok creators promoting counterfeit uh, products in their videos, is one of the core content in TikTok. It's it's almost a trend and a culture that many viewers are used to seeing. And uh, we recently did a study and found out that 4.9 billion views uh, uh, are on uh, are under the dupe hashtag, and under the raps hashtag, uh, raps is a short name for replicas, uh, has 2.3 billion views. And so the magnitude of the impact of these videos collectively is beyond our wildest imagination. And younger generations, including millennials and Gen Z, are known for making purchasing decisions based on what they see on TikTok. So the impact of rap talk is, I would say, real, and it has become a complete trend in recent years. So uh, is this a case of counterfeiting, uh, counterfeiters tricking customers, or is any everyone involved and aware of what's happening? Right. So as I discussed previously, um, promoting dupe and replica products in TikTok it is almost a culture and, and a core video content. And that means that at least inside the TikTok videos, uh, most creators are very straightforward about promoting fake products. Uh, they will even get a genuine item and compare them with the fake product they're, uh, they're promoting. Um, so these viewers, I would say, aren't being tricked in any sense. Um, but I think the bigger problem is that these videos create the desire to purchase these fake products. So IP or IP violation of IP um, is simply not an issue for this community. And they uh, you know, focus extensively on things like the price, uh, where to get the product, and the quality of those products. And if the quality of those products is good enough, uh, at least based on the video content, uh, uh, viewers will purchase those products. And um, you know, with the hope that you know nobody will find out they were they're actually wearing those uh, counterfeit products, of course. So yes, I would I would say most viewers watch videos and make purchasing decisions knowing that they are looking at counterfeits. How can the TikTok creators get away with this? Like, how can they be so confident about what they're selling? So that's what's interesting about this platform. Um, it's it's interesting in that TikTok creators are not directly selling. They are fake products on the platform. Uh, in most cases, 
they're only showing off those products on TikTok. They're they're simply reviewing. They're just um, telling the story that they have bought this product some from somewhere, and so they're not selling them there. Uh, and the links uh, to the actual marketplace are shared either in the comment sections or the bios section of the users. Uh, and these links, um, as you can see, direct users to a number of places um, like um, online marketplaces in China, uh, public spreadsheets, or private messaging channels um, like Discord or WhatsApp. So they're not afraid of IP enforcement, at least, at least in TikTok. And they're free, uh, they're free to say, hey guys, look at these replica products I got. Uh, it's only when you arrive at the actual product listing in other marketplaces that they become more cryptic about selling counterfeits. So I think that's an interesting um, mechanism that we see in, in TikTok. And that's how they are so confident about reviewing these products on TikTok platform because they're not necessarily selling those platforms inside that video, in, inside the TikTok uh, platform. Is there like one major marketplace that they all use? So there's no one online marketplace that dominates as a sales channel. Uh, I think there are popular ones like DHgate and, and PandaBuy, but the e-commerce landscape, as you know, is extremely diverse. Um, but, but the one place counterfeiters actually avoid selling is TikTok shop. Uh, because if you have a video that promotes a counterfeit product on TikTok's main video platform, and then you direct viewers to purchase that product on TikTok shop, then you establish um, a direct connection between the act of reviewing fake products and selling those products immediately afterwards. And that direct connection will, will inevitably result in fast detections and shutdowns uh, in TikTok shop. So they would much prefer to send people uh, through what we call these intermediary channels um, like this public spreadsheet uh, or the private communities like WhatsApp, Discord, or Snapchat. And we've also seen a recent trend of these sellers, um, again, managing those public spreadsheets where they lay out, lay out those products in a single table uh, with links to the final marketplace page. And this acts as launch pads uh, for counterfeit products they are selling. So um, does the existence of these channels mean that brand protection becomes nearly impossible? It does become a huge challenge. I'll say that's true. Uh, these TikTok creators rely on poor cooperation between platforms, uh, especially with data sharing and enforcement cooperation between uh, TikTok and other platforms. And that's how uh, they stay active and alive. Um, but I would say it's, it's far from impossible to solve this problem. Uh, one of the great things about these TikTok videos uh, from an enforcement perspective is that they're very clear about the product being fake. And they use popular hashtags like hashtag dupe, hashtag reps, uh, ha hashtag uh, bougie, uh, but bougie on a budget. Uh, and then they're using those popular hashtags publicly to attract viewers. And so the cost of detecting counterfeit products in TikTok is inherently lower than that of other marketplaces. Because if you think about how um, sellers are selling counterfeit products on other marketplaces, they're usually cryptic. And, and then there's like this mixed signals uh, hidden somewhere in the product listing page, but it's not 
evident that you know somebody is selling a counterfeit product. Uh, TikTok is in the opposite. Everybody is clear, straightforward about selling counterfeit products. And so as, as long as you can detect and find evidences that these rep sellers are selling a fake product, you, you can take the videos down on TikTok platforms uh, pretty quickly. And when it comes to where the sales are actually happening, the, the intermediary channels and, and the eventual marketplaces, um, most of these intermediary channels are shared openly in the comment section or in users' bios. And so you as a brand or, or brand protection companies can follow quite easily. Uh, the spreadsheet I mentioned before are especially easy to enforce since they list so so many of their uh, own marketplace listings in a very well-made you know, single table. Um, I, I think I'll say that you know, closed channels like WhatsApp or Snapchat would be a little bit more difficult to enforce. But as long as we take certain actions on TikTok or other intermediary channels, it, it makes it equally difficult for these sellers to do business. And so they're definitely still uh, still feeling the impact in their pockets. And they're most likely to disengage from selling uh, counterfeits uh, in, in platforms like TikTok uh, if, if they get a lot of these um, disruptions in in their um, in their process, okay, um, Mark, we actually have a, a, a question from the audience, and it relates to: um, Are the TikTokers themselves liable? Like, could they face legal consequences? Um, yes, it's a gray area. If they're only reviewing um, a product per se just talking about how these fake products are different from the authentic products, probably not. Uh, they're, they're probably not going to be liable for that. However, if you establish a direct connection, again, by you know sharing that link in your bio page or in the comment section, and then they're promoting these counterfeit products, they're directing the users to other uh, marketplaces to engage in those activities, they could be liable for a certain action. And, and it, it is uh, definitely something that you see a lot. And it's rare that, you know, a, 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 a TikToker just reviews that without actually revealing any type of uh, listings uh, information in their TikTok page. So I would say um, it, 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 there is an inherent risk of sharing those information on TikTok. Uh, and that's exactly uh, how we're helping our customers to achieve their enforcement results because these TikTokers are afraid of being caught, uh, and they are—they don't want to um, admit that they are selling these uh, counterfeit products on other marketplaces. Okay, great. So, um, quick transition, maybe to talk about some of the potential solutions of what you can do as a brand owner uh, in this case. So, how can we hit back at these counterfeiters on uh, that are that are prolific on TikTok? I'll say the core mechanism here is that. The rap sellers are taking advantage of the cross-platform nature of this problem. And they know that as long as they can separate out the act of reviewing and showing fake products on TikTok um, from the act of selling fake products on marketplaces, uh, their risk of getting caught goes down dramatically. The solution here is to rebuild that connection. Uh, the connection between the TikTok videos that a lot of people watch and the marketplace listings that allow some of these people to purchase those items. And uh, to establish that connection, data is key. 
uh, data is a necessary ingredient that allows you to make those connections and allow you to connect those dots. And every every company, I'll say, does it differently. Every brand does it differently. But we employ this technology called Seller Intel. It, it's, a, it's a form of clustering technology that's able to gather evidence on cross-platform activities. So in, in case we find a direct connection between the videos and marketplace listings, uh, because the seller, you know, again, shares that direct link or has in some information on the bios, uh, we we cluster them, right? We cluster them and we visualize it on our dashboard so that our, our customers or brands know that these are the activities from the same groups of sellers. And in case the rep sellers are using private channels or ask people to contact them, you know, directly, uh, we look at things like we collect information like uh, in, information, any information that is sell in sellers' bios, the emails that they use, the phone numbers, the WhatsApp IDs, and we link those information with uh, what we can find in uh, other, other other marketplaces. A lot of these data we find on other marketplaces, and there are a lot of implications we can draw from there. And and of course, in many cases, TikTok is not the only channel that these sellers are promoting their products. So you can find a lot of these information outside TikTok. And what's really great about our, our clustering technology is that we're not only comparing direct uh, similarities, so meaning if, if only if the IDs are exactly the same, we can find those. Uh, we can, of course, do that. But even if the IDs are slightly different, the phone numbers are slightly different, if we can see certain patterns in, 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 in those data and also the patterns and how these products are being described in different channels, we can still make those connections but we'll be able to visualize that on our dashboard using that clustering technology. But since you said certain channels are kind of difficult to enforce, um, what happens if you can't take any actions? Uh, our marketplace is not very cooperative or if they're not very cooperative in general? So ba based on our experience, um, taking down videos on TikTok itself works very well. Um, and we've been working with the you know, trust and safety uh, team in, inside TikTok for for a period, uh, a long period now, and you know we we are seeing a relatively high success rate in enforcement in in TikTok channels. So I think TikTok as a platform is doing a great job in enforcing these um, problematic postings. So we're working with a customer, and we are uh, enforcing hundreds of TikTok uh, videos seamlessly through our dashboard. Um, the the customer try to do that themselves, but you know it's it's just overwhelming overwhelming to uh, monitor and enforce uh, due to the sheer volume of those tasks. Uh, as you can imagine, it's very time consuming to search for and track ads uh, and then report the posts. So we automate that part for them, right? So we provide detection and enforcement data on the dashboard so the customer can make quick decisions. And we enforce hundreds of TikTok uh, videos successfully every every week. Uh, until now, our success rate is at 100%. And we are also using the listing information providing provided in TikTok comments or, or the bio section to enforce on fake product listings in other marketplaces. And that also works equally well. The only part that is a little challenging, as I mentioned before, are the closed channels like WhatsApp or Snapchat. Uh, we sometimes go in there and, you know, we try to act like a buyer and, you know, we, we engage in a conversation. We, we know a lot of, we get a lot of information about them, but it's, all, it's also very difficult to enforce or shut down those channels completely 
in, in a short time frame. But you know, even even if you cannot delete certain accounts or sellers in one platform completely, uh, we have to view these individual sellers or accounts uh, as uh, as a business enterprise, right? And if you're an enterprise, uh, you tend to think about you know what's the ROI of running your business. Can I make enough money for the amount of efforts I'm putting into this? And as long as you can increase the cost of running their business by getting rid of certain channels, uh, certain reportings, or just continuing to report postings and listings, uh, we believe that could tip the balance. And, and these sellers could stop selling fake products of your band because of a few activities like those, because they know that over time, the cost of running their business just goes up dramatically. Uh, and they they will rather sell another product, or they would just simply you know go go away and do something else. And then maybe last thing to mention is really the offline component. Uh, there there's a component on offline enforcement, right? So there are a lot of activities that we do and we automate on online marketplaces and also you know platforms like TikTok. But but um, if you are seeing this repeated uh, offenders, um, if you're continuing to see these impact. Um, and they're just sellers that are engaging on this over and over again, uh, you need to uh, consider whether you have an option to do some kind of an offline enforcement. And one of them is is basically establishing some kind of a cooperation with manufacturers. And is establishing relationship with manufacturers is important because if you let the manufacturers know that certain sellers are engaging in illegal activities, and we can identify the, who those sellers are, and where they got the product from, manufacturers would be reluctant to engage business with those sellers. And again, that's go, that goes back to the enterprise, um, kind of the topic that I brought up. If, if the sellers uh, you know, feel that it's more expensive to get products from these manufacturers, they would disengage or they would go after another brand. So I would say you know, taking more impactful actions against large scale manufacturers by identifying them um, and then letting them know that there are a lot of sellers engaging on these illegal activities in TikTok, that's something that we can do. And also we can use this clustering technology uh, to basically provide this evidence of the, all these sellers that are engaging in those activities and provide that information to the manufacturers. Um, we, have a, we have a couple of other uh, questions here. Um, so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pose them to you. So um, are the counterfeiters employing uh, influencers, do you think? Uh, or are the influencers managing this as their own business in your experience? So I think it depends, right? I think there are certain influencers, of course, that are being paid to post uh, reviews about these counterfeit listings. Uh, we're, we're pretty sure there are cases like that. Uh, we can kind of tell that by looking at all the previous content they have produced, right? So if they were in TikTok or YouTube, for five years, they have a lot of these high quality content and only on just that specific, you know, post, um, you know, it's a recent thing that they're starting to post videos about, you know, fake products. That probably means that there is some kind of arrangement there between the YouTuber, TikToker, or, or the, or the, you know, the person who's selling those products. But I would say that's only going to be a minority case, right? Because if you are already established influencer. And as I said before, there's a liability to potential liability to selling these products. So why would you engage in and risk your whole business because of these, uh, you know, pro, pro, a number of promotional posts? I would say most of the people that are engaging in these kind of activities in TikTok 
are actually um, the the TikTokers that are actually setting up these accounts for the purpose of selling and distributing counterfeit products. So right. yes, so the majority of cases, I would say, it, it's basically the sellers that are creating TikTok accounts to engage in these activities. Okay, and then since you said talked about like the link um, between kind of the activity and actual manufacturers in China, so. There's another question here from the audience, which is, is there a way to prove a connection between the TikTokers that do this activity on TikTok and the actual sellers in China? Um, some brands basically have serial code numbers. So sometimes uh, the brands or the brand protection agencies can purchase products directly from them. And if you can look at the serial code number, you can kind of tell where this uh, person got the product from. Um, and then another, in another case is, you know, a lot of the times you know, we look at the, the where, where it's being shipped. Uh, so a lot of times it's not the sellers that are shipping out those products, but it's the manufacturers that are shipping out those products. And then we can kind of um, use those information. Uh, again, going back to our clustering technology, we kind of get data here and there and we make it, uh, reasonable inferences uh, based on those data. Okay, great. A um, couple more questions here. So... Um... What's the point in taking down the channel if they're just going to make a new TikTok account? So I, I think that really goes back, um, well, two things. Um, even if you create a new TikTok account, in order for you to be influential, in order to basically um, make sure a lot of people view your posts, you need followers, right? And getting those followers is, is, is expensive, right? And uh, so, you know, by shutting down these accounts constantly, Again, you're kind of increasing the cost of running your business. Uh, there are many follow. Um, there are many accounts, TikTok accounts, uh, or even like you know accounts in Facebook that have a community of people um, that are trying to buy these fake products from this uh, individual seller. And sometimes they make the uh, community private because they don't want to get detected. Uh, they don't want to shut down their channel uh, because again, it's, it's very costly to create a new channel. Uh, however, the the problem with that is that if your if your um, channel is private, then not a lot of people can see it. So that means also the 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 inflow of new viewers uh, looking at your video is inherently limited. So there's this balance uh, between uh, do you want to make it public and make it easy to de- uh, you know, make make it easy for a lot of people to view your video content. If that's the case, we can detect them faster and we can remove them quickly. If it's a closed community, uh, is a closed account, and only a number of people that have been accepted into that community can view your content, that's likely to be detected. But at the same time, the the impact will be limited because you only have a small number of people viewing your content. And and in this larger context of of rep talk on TikTok, um, is there any types of products that you are seeing that are being advertised more prevalent or more frequently? Any type of specific categories of products that are seem to be more popular than others? We see a lot of um, you know sneaker related products and also you know luxury fashion goods. Uh, again, Gucci on a budget. That's uh, one of the popular um, hashtag and TikTok. And a lot of people are um, you know sharing view videos of you know fake Nike shoes or you know fake Louis Vuitton bags. And, and the reason they do it is because A, is a good content. Again, it basically shows how good, how good quality those are, at least based on the videos. Um, and then 
and and so it's just easier to kind of you know make the comparison with the real product, and a lot of people are interested in those products. So I'll say those two uh, types of um, products are the ones that we see most prevalent, uh, most frequently in in TikTok communities. Okay. Well, great, Mark. It's been great to explore kind of the uh, intricate and hidden world of counterfeits uh, on TikTok. Um, and, you know, we've talked about that the fight against counterfeiting isn't just about removing the fake listings. It's kind of about dismantling the entire network uh, behind behind them. And um, to do that, you can use technology uh, and, and try to tackle these issues head on. And I think, you know, by continuing to enforce and monitor these channels, uh, we can certainly disrupt uh, these counterfeit networks as they pop up. So thank you, Mark, for providing some great insights on this topic. Uh, we will post this um, particular stream on our YouTube channel, and we hope that you will join us for our next live stream. Thank you for watching. Thank you, everyone.